Hello, everybody. Welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. Uh, taken on the road today, but it should hopefully follow the same sort of format. Uh, if there's any loud noises in the background, we can blame that on Aaron, but he's trying to be as nice as he can to keep us very quiet, and he's turned the AC on so we can keep cool. The phone's off, so hopefully there's not too many interactions. But more importantly, I've got Mr. Eddie Lee here, who's the co-founder at Titan Wheels. Hey, what's going on, James? How are you? I'm very good, so thank you. So before we talk about your wheel project that you've got going here, or your company, wheel I should say. Company, pro- multiple projects. I know, so many things, so many things. What would we'll like to dive right in and talk about how it is that you came to sort of find yourself in this world of automotive. What was it that, that drew you towards it from the start? I don't think there was a, a single moment or epiphany or anything like that but you know as a uh, you know young kid growing up in the 80s and 90s uh I think with a lot less things to do compared to how kids are nowadays but uh cars and anything moving fast or exciting is something that you know it's very easily to become drawn to and uh in high school uh you know just our group of friends we were just all together concurrently getting into cars and really caught up in how um you know street racing and you know and then we started working on cars lowering them and putting on everything we can so what type of cars with that then were you looking at first with the friends oh it's all you know 90s and late 80s you know imports so okay. like hondas you know a couple guys had some bws of course we had guys in high school that had low riders and trucks and all that but you know for us it was mainly like the hondas and toyotas okay and so what was it that you liked in particular for example about the hondas and toyotas uh, for me, I love the Hondas, but everyone got into Hondas, so I I kind of like to be a little bit different. So my first car was actually a, a an eighty nine no ninety eighty nine ninety a Toyota MR two. Okay, yeah, that was the uh, the Mark two. Is it the SW SW twenty? Yeah. yeah, it was a non turbo, and I, I eventually did like cams, nitrous. Um, you know, obviously filter exhaust lowered and those kind of things, and um, you know we. You know, some incredible memories in that car. Yeah, so what was it? Because that is a particularly attractive car, mm-hmm. I would say. My father, in fact, has is one of his favorite cars. Nice. So when you say you did all these things, he'd be, he'd be saying, oh, well, Eddie, why did you do that? Why did you do that? But look, it's everyone, each their own. Oh, I would say the exact same thing to anybody that owned that car. It's back-breaking work, literally, because you have to bend over yeah, uh, the mid-engine it, car. There's not so much room in that engine bay, right? Yeah, I, I just... I, I, you know, but it, it looks sexy. Yeah. Uh, it looked like an exotic car. Um, the handling, it was, you know, to me back then it was amazing, although you could get into a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And um, Especially with some of the modifications you might have done, which would have increased the power a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, probably the most fun thing I've ever done was, uh, you know, install nitrous on it. You know, we did a little 50-shot little cheater thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the street races, we used to break off, like, like stock turbo cars. So that was always fun. Um, but because of that, I got a little overzealous and I blew some motors, mm-hmm. but you know, that comes with the territory. So it's yeah, all good. It's all yeah. learning experience, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For and, sure. It's, and, and it's all about that back. So it's more, it's not really breaking the back. It's more like just seeing what positions you can get into. It's like more like a, uh, mechanic yoga of sorts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Maybe that's why I'm good at yoga right now. So, <laughs> yeah. So then, so moving on from that, then with your friends in regards to the tuning scene, where did it go from there? How did you get so more to be sort of working in the industry, so to speak? Yeah, you know, during that time, uh, we got completely immersed into it. We were 
into everything about cars or the culture. We're going to meetups, the, the races, uh, literally reading through every magazine that was available at the time. Back in the days, it was like Turbo, Sport, Compact Car, going down to the Japanese bookstore, even though we didn't read Japanese, to look at all the option magazines and, you know, whatnot. Um, you know, it really consumed, you know, our whole lives and where they're talking about it. Uh, whatever videos that we could come come up with, uh, it was you know it was pretty much porn for us. You know we were, we were just looking for it. We were addicted to it. Yeah, and then so when did the impact for, sort of obviously moving away from looking at things like going to the bookstore and checking out the magazines? When we were able to sort of like make the transition online to then get into like the groups and finally seeing like the clips and the photos? And when did how long did that take to get into it? Well, to go to go online. Um, I think that was I don't know it was pretty much a natural progression getting into in terms of online on the web and those mm -hmm. type of things. Um, I think the first bit of that would be probably like the online forums, um, obviously going through websites or, or whatnot. Uh, for me, it was still you know it was different. We would go to the events mm -hmm. back then. Car shows started popping up, like sanctioned events, racing events would happen. And we'd, you know, we we're always going to local events like you know, Long Beach Grand Prix and you know whatnot, and just being a part of the car culture. And that was not something that I was going to do as necessarily as a career. But um, going back to online, I, you know, I can't really pinpoint, you know, where, you know, that transition happened. But yeah, like in the in the late you know, 1990s and early 2000s, that, that, sound, that sounds like when things started happening. Well, look, I still get uh, woken up in the night with the dial tone when I dial on for the internet to try and connect. <laughs> and then it was just the little things, like when you'd go on the forums and you'd find someone and you could see a new video. I still, to this day, remember some of my favorite ones being the Yoda Frog videos of his Civic when he was racing. Oh, yeah. Oh, and also uh, AOL, AOL chat rooms. That was it, too, when we were... Either looking to meet girls, yeah, you know, or uh, talk about cars, yeah. Yeah, that was another big one. The the import racing chat rooms or whatnot. That was really big. That was a big uh, flow of information for sure. And so then, so going from like you say, going from a, taking it from a uh, a hobby of sorts or a lifestyle to where you sort of made it into working in the industry. Where did that transition come about? Uh, it came, you know, I don't know. I, I, there, there's somebody up there that really has done something to really guide and put um a lot of luck and fortune into you know my life and um it you know i was always really you know immersed in the culture going to all the events and i had a i was probably going to end up in banking or finance uh i was working at a bank and i was rising up pretty fast you know doing that um and the interestingly, while I was working at that bank, you know, I got arrested for street racing. Okay. And uh, and that would have only been maybe going like it was a thirty-five, and you were like thirty-seven. Oh, of probably. Course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no more than that. Absolutely. And uh, when I went to jail, instead of calling my parents, I was more afraid of the job. And uh, and it's so funny uh, when I got back to work, you know, they were all laughing at me and they asked if I had watched this movie called The Shawshank Redemption. And uh, that I was exactly that person. So for those that don't know, you should go watch that movie. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I was, you know, I, w I was doing well, you know, in the banking industry. And uh, one of my friends, he had an interview uh, at this company. And um, it was called, uh, it's called Mackin Industries. And they're bringing, you know, in all of the latest really cool products from Japan, like raised wheels and, you know, whatnot. And I was, and he had an interview there and I was so stoked for him and uh, but his car broke down 
and he asked me if he can get a ride there and i was i was just doubly excited just to go there check out the place mm -hmm. and um just for fun i decided to drop off my resume and they called me in for an interview and they ended up hiring me instead everything worked out though everything worked out uh, my buddy you know he ended up doing very well in the industry and uh you know he's he's successful and do well but but he so he still reminds you like every christmas time kind of thing no I, I i think i think sales was probably not was going to be a strong suit anyways oh, okay um you know he ended up getting into like journalism and whatnot so it was a totally different you know uh you know field and then with me um i didn't know i was going to get into sales i just wanted to get like some parts for the summer and i didn't think it was going to be a job that i would be stuck in for a long time but it was just something that i wanted to have fun with and because uh, I had so much respect for you know all the brands, and it ended up becoming an 18-year career. Yeah, which is a good. Would some someone might say is a good length of stretch for a career of sorts. Oh yeah, you know, especially nowadays, With single company. Yeah, especially oh, yeah. nowadays. Yeah, it was a, a great experience. Um, it was a family environment. I traveled. I learned an immense amount of knowledge, um, wealth of knowledge in so many fields: OEM, racing, product development, technical. I'm definitely not an engineer by trade, but I think most engineers that I work with, they say I have enough chops to keep up with them. Okay. And um, Which is a feather in your hat, one might say. I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, and uh, through all that, um, you know, 18 years, it is a long time. And I think as you get older, your your mindset becomes different. It becomes less about having fun, but more about stability and um, what did I do up to till now? You know, I, I was hitting, almost hitting 40. And then you, you kind of take stock and inventory of your life and... Um, I felt like, you know, half my career, that's basically half my working career. So I was like, okay, I think it's at that point, it's time for me to try something else. And so, yeah. uh, how did that come about then? Or how did you would say with the, the wheels, how did that sort of play into it? Um, I think, you know, you, that becoming a wheel guy is something that really just happened because, um, you know that was really what we were getting into at the time at the company, and that's what became the biggest um, the biggest driver of business. And so I just became immersed in it. And and I know most of the wheel people that I know or that I will talk to at some point, we all kind of agree that you just kind of end up <laughs> a wheel guy. And it's a it's kind of a you know special fraternity, I guess. You know because we all have the same lingos that nobody else will really know about. Mm -hmm. um, can you drop a few of those pearls for us? Yeah, yeah. fitments, you know, offsets, um, just being able to match up all that data in your head and being able to spit it out like an old school calculator, you know, and since we're old school, you know, we spit it out on paper, on yeah. paper receipts, right? So, yeah, it's just really, um, yeah, just, just the internal knowledge, uh, getting the fitment right and that amount of satisfaction when you put a set of wheels and tires on the car and it has the right, you know, stance and, you know, it just makes, you know, grown men cry. You know, it's just, it's just a good feeling. Yeah. You know? So can you talk us through the process then of, of say, for example, just something as simple as that, as if some, if you've got a car that you're looking to put or create a pair, a set of wheels for, mm -hmm. how, what's the process behind that? I mean, how much, what's goes on behind the scenes rather than just like wheeling out a set of brand new wheels magically and then just puts on the car. Right. So, uh, first what I'll do is if there's no, um, if, if I have to start from a, a clean slate, like the brand new car, and we don't have any background detail, then you have to measure out, you know, we have a checklist. Mm -hmm. So we have to measure out, you know, how much space you have in the wheel well um, from the sus stock suspension, even a potentially like an aftermarket suspension. Uh, you have to measure out the brakes, you know, in multiple locations, the, the center bore, 
you know, the overall brake diameter, uh, you have to figure out the offset, the bold circle, um, other potential aftermarket brake kits that will come out to the market. So we have good relationships with uh, top tier brake companies, specifically like Brembo, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll, uh, um, you know, they'll help us out by getting some, you know, drawings if it's available. And uh, from there, we also have to uh, research the market to know the tire availability, right? So we have to know um, if the right tire is available for the sizes that we want to go with. And uh, so that also takes, you know, we want to make sure we have good relationships with tire companies, which we have. And uh, then from there, after you take all that data, then you will still, then, then you'll, you know, then you'll put together what you think will be um, the proper, you know, size and fitment. And, um, and then from there we can simulate it. Um, and then, then to either go even further, then, you know, we'll bring a sample in, you know, mount a tire, do some drivability. And uh, if everything looks good, then we'll sign off and start selling. And then how long does it take to, to put the design work into the wheel then? Um, if it's a design, that's oftentimes like the longest process. So mm -hmm. if it's like a, a brand new design, yep. um, you know, we have, you know, we think of the basic designs. We go back and forth by committee on, you know, the features and benefits. Uh, it's, it's, it, I, I want to say there's a specific for, specific formula, but there's a lot of back and forth uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to putting out a final design product. And, uh, and not every design goes well with every car. Okay. So you have to have multiple designs to go with whatever you're looking for. Uh, for example, like certain sports cars will not, you know, that design will not go well with a sedan or, you know, even a van or, you know, or a truck or whatnot. So um, you have to be targeted with where you're trying, with what you're trying to do with designs. And, uh, um, but it does t take a lot of back and forth, a lot of rendering um, and, uh, you know, putting it on, you know, just, even playing around with on Photoshop, putting on cars just to see if it has even any potential. Um, but for the most part, I've been doing it so, for so long. You can kind of look at stuff and, Until and you know, like, yeah, this will sell. Yeah. Even if I hate the design, um, I can even say, like, that this will still probably sell. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not my favorite, not one of my sh no Christmas tree lists, but this will sell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you also have to take into consideration um, what people from other demographics and age groups will think, right? So um, I'll show it to other people. What do you think? And I can, more often than not nowadays, you know, I don't consider myself super old, but yeah, you know, I'm 40, 41 now. So, um, you know, if I talk to someone in their 20s, they'll have a totally different idea of what they think might look good. So, yeah. And you just got to tell them, no, you're wrong. No, no. Well, I'll tell them, <laughs> yeah, I think you're wrong, but you might but if be right. If you buy it, you're perfectly right. <laughs> exactly. And you tell all your friends to buy it as well, and then we're good to go. So, oh, yeah. What's the time frame then, for example, then of going through that? So, once the design is signed off, um, we can actually we can have a sample as fast as uh, within a month. Okay, that's pretty impressive right. then. Yeah. So um, for our forged wheels, we have you know a really good portfolio of tooling. So what that means is, you know, we have available a lot of already pre-built um, widths and diameters that where we have forged tooling that we can just build off of and machine designs very very fairly quickly. And so once we get a prototype in. We'll test it up. We'll mock it up. Check it out. Uh, make sure drivability is good, and uh, and if we sign it off, then production will take roughly about yeah, let's say sixty max ninety days to get in. Okay, that's pretty impressive. That's really impressive and considerate. Yeah, I think that's important because in, especially in today's day and age, um, speed and efficiency uh, to market is so key to making sure that you succeed. You know, there's so many wheel companies that are out there. Um, 
you know, many are doing just as, a fabulous job as well. Um, but for a startup company like us, we've been around for we're almost two years old now, mm -hmm. and for and you know, thankfully, we've been enjoying some very impressive growth. And um, I think a part of that is due to uh, efficiency, working with the right partners, and uh, yeah, being able to bring out parts that are quick to market. For a good example of that would be like the Civic Type R. Um, we were one of the first companies to come out with a fitment for that, and I would say for anybody that thinks performance for the Civic Type R, we're uh, almost like a de facto wheel. Yeah, yeah, which is a nice one, another good feather in your cap to have. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, we're making sure we have product coming out for the upcoming Supra. Uh, any new card that's coming out there we, that that is performance minded will definitely have our eyes out for it, and we'll do whatever we can to get our hands on data and even prototype cars if if possible. Yeah, which obviously makes sense when you're working with the, the OEMs, I guess, and oh, the yeah. brake manufacturers and the tire companies. Well, anything, like you say, to get together. Oh, yeah. Car, you know, anytime a new car is coming out, um, that the planning is already happening years in advance. So. Yeah, I'd imagine it's the – because otherwise, if it comes out, then you're a little bit behind the eight ball. Oh, yeah, definitely. And by that time, you're already too late. Yeah. Yeah. So in the two years that you've been around and, and coming through, what is some of the success or what have you seen as being the big uh, – the drives and the big growth for you guys? Um. Well, Titan 7 is broken up, not broken up, is split into two business um, groups. So one is uh, Titan 7, the house brand. Mm -hmm. So that is consists of uh, forged performance wheels for, I would say, any type of car that has a performance DNA to it, right? Um, and then the other side that I'm primarily responsible for is we do uh, private brand manufacturing. So we make wheels um, uh, whether it's forged or even flow forming, we, we make it, we make wheels for whether it's wheel companies or, um, you know, tuners or, you know, we're even trying to get into OEM right now. Um, so that, that is something that is also a big driver of our growth. Okay. And so, uh, when you do things like that, I'm guessing that means you're doing, uh, quite a lot of wheels at that point. Yeah. For um, those customers. Yeah, on it's that side of the business. Definitely. It could be well, you know, I think what we do pride ourselves on is the ability to provide um boutique level minimums. So like you don't have to necessarily order a huge amount, which involves a lot of risk. Mm -hmm. Um where I think, you know, the way what we've been able to do in terms of our growth is really understand um our customers. So you know, not every customer has a boatload of cash, you know, to invest. So what we're trying to do is be as risk adverse as possible while providing maximum service, maximum performance and quality. Um, but at the same time, you know, being a an intermediary, uh, you want to make sure that we make their life easy. We make life easy not only for the factories, but also for the customer as well. Yeah. And then also... Uh as I want to ask this question, if you're a consumer that's looking to purchase a new set of wheels, aside from just looks, what are some of the things that customers should really be looking for when they're looking to purchase a wheel? Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, I think design is and how it's the specs is most of it. Mm -hmm. um, but then the rest of it comes down to the, the key factors would be the, of course, the value. Um, you know, what, you know, does it fit within your budget? Um, and I think we, we hit that mark, you know, and, also, uh, the you know the manufacturing techniques, whether it's forge, cast, flow form, um, or exotic stuff like magnesium or whatever, it's all out there. Um, the weight, you know, I think also the after service is key. Mm -hmm. You know, some companies offer only a one-year warranty. Some offer lifetime. You know, we we offer a limited lifetime structural warranty. Um, also, uh, 
but yeah, I'd say most of it is really the fitment and how it looks. Then from there, you know, you, then you got that package of, you know, the value, the um, performance, you know, and, and really, you know, how it suits what you're trying to do with it. So some people are looking for just a nice set of wheels for the daily driver. Some people mm-hmm. are looking just to go to the racetrack. Um, you know, so there, there's, there's, a, you know, that, that also comes into play as well. Um, what about uh, in the trends that you've seen throughout your time in the industry? What are the trends that you think are the good trends to have that you've mm-hmm. seen in regards, especially in regards to wheels and some of the ones that maybe it's glad that you've maybe seen the back of those? Not mentioning spinners or anything like that, which I still think need to come back <laughs> again. I've I've seen it all. Um, especially at SEMA. You see far too much at SEMA sometimes. Yeah, SEMA, you know, you know whether you go to Tokyo Auto Salon, SEMA, uh the wheel, I think the wheel industry, just like anything that is fashion related, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's very uh, cyclical, right? It's just at you know, right now, you know, maybe the mesh is popular, but then that'll die out, and then all of a sudden the five spoke will come back in vogue. Um, but it's really all just like new makeup on the same pig, so to speak. Where um, I haven't seen a design. That usually anything that's super avant-garde, people will take a look at it and they'll like it as if, as if it was more like an art piece. But will they put it on their cars? I think um, the American consumer is a little bit more. I think they like wheels that are more on the clean, mm-hmm. clean side of things. Um, something that you know doesn't you know it's like shoes, right? Shoes that are gaudy, flashy, something like that. You probably wear only once. Yeah. Only for a special occasion, mm-hmm. but something that you use a lot, you're gonna want to go back to your familiar kicks that, you know, that that are comfortable and make yeah. that make you look good. That's very versatile for whatever outfit you're trying to do. Um, and I think that's the same with wheels, you know, especially in the U.S. where you want something that's clean, uh, that that will enhance the look of the vehicle, but not be the only thing to look at when it comes to your car. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and that that's really designed the the, the 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 design standpoint that we try to take. You know, everything that's clean, functional. Um, you know, we still want to be cutting edge with technology, so we try to add in a lot of technical features that make it light, strong. So, um, what are some of those technical features then? Uh, the main part, of course, is our forging, mm-hmm. and we're continually trying to improve the how we do the forging. Right, so um, we have an industry leading ten thousand tons of force that we apply to our forgings. Uh, we're trying to up that to twelve, um, even you know maybe a year or two later down the line, even fourteen thousand. So just stuff that's in the background. Then something that's in the foreground on the design side would be more structural elements, right? Things that are hard to process with machining. So whether it's I-beam spokes or scalloping or taking the time to go around the whole structure of the wheel, even just doing minor, minute machining in you know certain areas, but at the same time while well, keeping the key qualities of stiffness, strength, and durability. Um, and that's just that's just back and forth on the design phase where we play around with the design, draw it up, then run it through uh, simulators and see if it's uh, still a, um, you know, a good, you know, uh, proper structure, you know, and then, then we'll have to build a sample and then test it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, so do you, does this have, does the building for your wheels, does it happen here or does it happen elsewhere? We make it with our partner factories in China. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I'm assuming then obviously they get shipped across here. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, has to be difficult to swim with them. Yeah, you definitely can't swim. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, so when, where do you think that the, obviously it was going to be an improvement in quality in regards to the, the product, but where else do you think it's going to go in regards to wheels? Is there any future for what the change you think it might happen? I, well, for us, what I can say is, 
um, even though we're only two years old, we've already improved our wheels by a good amount. Mm -hmm. So a person that has purchased maybe the first sets of Titan Sevens to the person that purchased it now, we've we've refined a few, uh, quite a few things, um, even like from like our knurling to the cleanness of the machining uh, to the paint quality. Um, I'm in Asia about once every two months, mm -hmm. and I'm pouring through each factory, making sure that they're doing things properly. Uh, always keeping in the spirit of being proud of what you make. Always keeping in the spirit of of constant improvement. And all, not and improvement is not just quality, but it's efficiency. Being able to figure out ways to save money, you know, for yourselves and also your customer. Um, I think those are very key. Uh, but going back to what you're speaking on, we're even working on new materials right now. We're working on new sizes, wider. Um, working on you know fitments that might not necessarily be catered to. I think one thing we're proud of is like going back to the boutique side. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we will not forget cars that you know are what I'll say maybe underappreciated. I think a good example is like the Alfa Romeo Four C. Mm -hmm. It has a very um, you know the bold circle is a five on ninety eight. Not a lot. Not a lot of companies want to make wheels for that because it's very limited. But for us, we have that capability. And then as long as you know there's people that are interested in it, we want to make sure we have something cool for that market. And interestingly, we sold quite a few wheels for that. Yeah. So um, yeah, anything that's sport related, you know, we're going to try to make something for it. Okay. Is there anything that you've uh, put together and then been surprised by how well it's been received? Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of those markets, like the Alfa Romeo uh, market, we, we did quite well with it. Um, let's see what else. Uh, we've done stuff for the Ford Focus RS. We're a little bit late to the game, but we did very well with that. Uh, Volkswagen, we're doing quite well. Um, yeah, you, you know, I think for for us, just you just got to try. Yeah, you know that's another good thing about our company is where if we try something, it doesn't require a huge amount of risk. So why not just give it a shot? Um, if it does well, if it hits, great. If it doesn't, fine. Just keep moving on. Um, but as long as it's not something attributed to bad marketing or whatnot, you know, if we give it a proper send off, and if it didn't hit, that's great, and we'll just move on. So sure. Mm -hmm. And then if we talk to you about uh what about the stuff that you're still doing now that's that's automotive related that's not focused on titan 7 what yourself you're doing you're doing anything that's a uh, recreational i would say with the cars uh we well we've if, this starting a business i think most entrepreneurs can speak to this is it's a 24 7 deal now mm -hmm. um before you know i had a nine to five and after after five o'clock i literally thought zero about work um you know the whole work-life balancing was in place uh, right now, thankfully, um, I like cars. I still like them after all this time, and I still have fun with it. So we're at the track all the time now because we have to because we need to preach, you know, preach our product. Um, but you know, it, it kind of brought back the love, you know, for automotive because we're now back on track. We're mm -hmm. screwing around, we're racing, uh, just hanging out at the paddock, just screwing around with all the guys, and it's great. It's a great feeling getting back into it, uh, relearning with a you know a whole different group of people. And then you carry that back to your old friends, and you know I can see us even pulling our old friends back into cars. You know, so it's it's really fun. Um, so that that part is, you know, it's a twenty four seven you know affair. Um, but outside of that, uh, it's just uh, you know hanging with family and friends. Look, uh, you got, you got, I understand. Yeah, I got to keep up with that. And um, but still, even with that, it, it's oftentimes uh, you know my best friends are in the, in the car industry. And that's mm -hmm. why you know I love this industry so much because. Um, 
all the all my old school friends were together because of cars, and all my you know new school friends, you know, there's some of my closest friends we we become friends because of the same industry. So uh, yeah, it's a twenty four seven aspect. Yeah. So with some of those eventually attending, is that like more time attack then, or what kind of events are the track days, or what are the ones you've been attending? Yeah, it's mainly track days. So out in the in the West Coast, we're a very proud Speed Venture sponsor, and also uh, a sponsor for uh, Speed SF, which mm-hmm. is a Northern California uh, track uh, sanctioning body. And uh, we just started working with uh, NASA in the Mid Atlantic region, so we're very proud of that. And uh, and we're just going to keep continuing to try to support all aspects of motorsports. Um, that's really our foundation. So we want to just, you know, our product really belongs at the racetrack. So that that's really where it came from. So our company motto is Forge for All. Mm-hmm. And if you think about um, racing wheels, uh, you should have, so if you talk, talk about top-level racing, you know, Formula One, GT racing, they all use forged wheels. Right, forged wheels are also unfortunately prohibitively expensive for the everyday guy. So if you're you're talking anywhere from a thousand to a couple thousand dollars a wheel, which is not easy for the everyday enthusiast. Yeah, especially when you've got more than one wheel in a car. Right, and and if you do are are fortunate enough to buy a higher end car that comes factory equipped with forged wheels, that's great. Right, but a lot of these guys that I've seen that go to the racetrack and they buy like racing wheels for the racing tires, they downgrade the manufacturing. They get into a cast wheel, mm-hmm. right? And that's not something that you should do uh, from a performance and also a safety you know, perspective. So throughout you know, the development of this company, we, we saw the opportunity to come out with a forged wheel. Uh, like I said, our, our, product, our company model is Forged for All, a, a wheel that what we feel is in a price range that uh, has the ultimate value. It, it is a forged product, forged to a degree that is oftentimes better than wheels that cost double of what ours cost. Um, so on the technical side, you know, we check all the boxes with that. Um, it has after service. So we have warranties. So even, you know, on the racetrack, um, barring like an impact or something like that, but for any other reason, if something, if something goes wrong with the wheel, we'll take care of it. Um, and then it's just as light as anybody else in the industry, if not lighter, it clears all the brakes, it fits the cars properly and it, you're able to use the right tire that you want to. So with all of that packaged in there, and for an 18-inch set of wheels, that's about two grand or less. Uh, I think that's within the realm of, of affordability. And, yeah, um, certainly not out there. I oh yeah, that. and uh, and I think that's why we've you know we're we're growing fairly quickly. I think a lot of people are. When we first came out, a lot of people thought there was some catch to it. You know, like they had to sell their soul or do something weird. You know, but uh, no, we're just. You know, and that's why we try to just put all the information out there. Just be, we're transparent. We pick up the phone. Uh, we're very accessible to talk to, and um, you know, we're we're just like anybody else. We like cars. We're racers. We we get it, and we're trying to put out product that also gets it. So speaking of that, then, what's the best place for people to to find out more about the Titan Seven Wheels? Uh, you can go on our website, which is titan7.com. Uh, you can reach us on our social. We are on Facebook, Instagram. Um, we have to have we put up YouTube videos. Uh, we have a number that you can call. You can go on our website and find that, and, uh, and you'll see us. And we'll be at as as many track days as possible without getting divorced. And that's it. So. Which of the tracks are you most looking forward to being at? 
I will say that. Um, well, Since we're doing several more organizations now. We're always at a lot of the West Coast tracks. We mm-hmm. usually hit NorCal once or twice a year. So we'll be at Thunder Hill, Laguna Seca. Uh, this year, I think we're going to make it make it a point to go to go to Sonoma. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're we're at Button Willows, Willow Springs, Chuckwalla, Fontana, all the time. And uh, we just came back from a trip from a VIR. We went to Hyperfest, and we had a really good time out there. So our Actually, yeah, it's like kind of a dream too. We'd like to tour as many tracks in the East Coast and the Midwest as possible, get a couple laps, you know, out there and be able to experience all that. And it's pretty cool that we get to package that in with what we need to do for our jobs. Yeah, it's not bad that you managed to work that in yep. with the wheels, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to take some notes and have to make that happen. <laughs> hey, you could come. You could come with us anytime, man. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. Look, the wife won't mind. She won't mind hearing that at all. Hey, as long as yeah, I'll vouch for you. Don't worry. So. Okay, that's good. That's good. So, Eddie, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And so, everyone certainly has to go and at least sign up to look at you guys on social media and buy at least twelve sets of wheels each. Oh, uh, you don't have to buy twelve, but just... ten's fine. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, of course. Cap- Ten? Oh yeah. Uh, then if you buy ten, we'll definitely have to come up with some swag to, to hook you guys up with. There that. you go. Perfect. <laughs> but uh, thank you again, as always, for listening. As always, we always like positive reviews here at No Breaking. So please leave us a positive review. It's out of five stars, but try and give us more if you can. Uh, say some nice things about us as well. That's always wonderful. Uh, if you've got any questions, you can find us on the social at No Breaking on Instagram and Facebook. And until then, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank Bye-bye. you, James. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bye Bye.